Come on, Steve. We've got D in the carpet. Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. And here we go! Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. It's awesome. So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode. This is going to be a jam-packed episode, and I hope I can get it all out there on time, within the time limit. If not, then I guess we're going to have to go to a part three or part 3.2, part 3.5, whatever it is. We'll have to do another episode after this if I can't get it out. Uh, but let's just jump right into it. This episode is going to be split into two parts. Um, there's feedback, sharing feedback that I received from the last couple episodes. Um, and a lot of this, you know, I'll call it advice from the trenches because it's from individuals who are currently in the trenches going through the dating world. And that is going to be the topic tonight. We're going to we're continuing the last two episodes conversation about dating, dating and marriage, going specifically through the Shidduch system, but also in general, if you're dating and you're ready to date to get married, this is going to be some helpful advice. Uh, but again, the first part is really going to be advice from the trenches, having spoken to a number of individuals who are either still in it or fresh out of it. Um, they just graduated, so to speak. And I want to share with you the feedback that they gave me and some of the thoughts that they shared with me, because here's the thing. I can sit here recording this, um, being married for, thank God, eight years now, having been out of the system for over eight years, and I can have my advice and my thoughts and my input. And while I feel it is still valid and valuable, what is more valid and valuable is information coming from people actively involved. I will always say, if you can get information on anything from somebody who is actively involved in whatever it is you're looking to do, get that information from that person versus somebody who has been there or has been out of it. So for example, if you're looking for a new job, you're looking to switch career paths, you want to become a customer success manager, you want to become a UX, UI designer, you want to become... Uh, a data analyst, whatever it is, you can speak to somebody who was in the, you know, in that industry or who's been in it for a very long time. You can also speak to, and you should also speak to somebody who's in it right now who just went through the process of making a transition into that career because you're going to get information that pertains a lot more to you. So again, a lot of my, the, the information I give you, the education and the principles I give you are things that are are tried, true, and tested from eight, nine, 10 years ago from beyond that and more currently, but I also want to bring you from advice from the trenches. And then after that, I'll go into some pointers as to what, what I used, uh, the principles I used and tools that I used to help me get through it as pain-free as possible or painless as possible. It wasn't totally pain-free. Um, but reflecting on a couple of the things that I said last time, you know, one, one of these individuals reached out to me because there were a number of them and one of them reached out to me and they said that the thing that they felt was most important for them is the idea of self-care while going through the dating process. Because this is something that is physically, emotionally, and mentally trying and taxing. It really sucks the life out of you. You're looking to reach a goal. Your goal is to find the right person and get married. 
and you're going on dates and date after date, it's just not working out. And not only is it not working out for you, but you have people questioning you. You have people pushing you. You have people challenging you on your decisions. It, 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 it sucks the life out. It's draining. And you have to get back up there and keep going at it. And in many ways, that's that's life. That's success. That's work. Whatever it is that you're at, this is going to happen. So how do you keep getting up and going towards that goal? How do you keep pushing towards it in any area? Well, a big thing is self-care. And that's a word that's bandied around and thrown around a lot. And, and many people have different interpretations for it. Um, really, honestly, it's a struggle, something I struggled with for many years. And it's, I do still struggle with it. Uh, but self-care really is about taking care of yourself, but it's also identifying what works for you and then continuously doing that. For me, what I found is my mornings in this stage of my life, my mornings are extremely valuable. So I wake up an extra half hour, hour early so that I can take care of myself, get myself primed and ready to go for the day. And then it spills over into everything else. Same thing here with the dating world. You have to take care of yourself. Understand you're looking to get married. You're dating for the purpose of getting married. You've got people who also want you to get married. Your family wants you to get married. Your parents, your friends, the shadchan, the matchmaker wants you to get married. Everybody wants you to get married. It's all the same goal, but it means something different to different people. At the end of the day, the shadchan does not care if you get married or not because, well, they care because they want to get paid. But at the same time, if you don't get married, it doesn't affect them. The one that is truly affected by this the most is you the individual. So therefore, you have to take care of yourself. Now, the number one way that you can do this, I always say after each date and after each time that you've dated somebody, take time for yourself, process. If you need to angrily process, go to an axe throwing place. If you need to process through conversation, do that as well. Take time to process, take time to feel, and then pick yourself up and move on. But here's the thing. Because a lot of the stress comes from other people and their opinions. The number one thing you can do to take care of yourself is stand your ground. Whatever decision you make while dating with regards to a specific person or with, with regards to specific people or whether you decide to date or whether you decide not to date, whatever decision you make, stand your ground. If you go out with somebody, and even though I have the rule, that, you know, the two-date rule, but if you go out with somebody, you only go out with them once, and after that, you're like, no, this is not for me. And everybody's saying, oh, well, why not? You should do it. You always go out on two dates. Stand your ground. If you're going to say no, don't feel bad for saying no to somebody, whether it's one date, 10 dates, five dates, whatever it is. Don't feel bad. You decided to say no, stand your ground, and own that decision. Now, it's good to make sure that you have a reason to say no. You shouldn't just be arbitrarily saying no to people just because oh, their nose is funny. No. If you're saying no, have a good reason. Why? Because if you have a good reason for saying no, it makes it that much easier to deal with the challenges, to deal with the pushback. Even if that no does not make sense to anybody else, as long as you have a reason, a viable, valid reason, that's all that matters. And then stand your ground, stick to it. Because here's the thing. I personally will respect you more if you can come to me and say, I don't want to continue with this person and here is why. Versus if you say, I don't want to go out, continue going out with this person. And I say, okay, why not? And you say, oh, I don't know. I, I'm just not feeling it. I don't want to do it. That, that's not a valid reason. 
even coming to me with, I'm, an, I'm just not attracted to them. Well, that's a valid reason because here's the thing. I can push further into that and find out why. And we're going to get to the whole attraction thing. Um, but and who cares about me? Like, what, what do you care about my opinion when, with your dating life? You don't know me. I don't know you. Or maybe we do know each other. And either way, you still don't care because I'm not your dating coach. I'm not your, your friend necessarily. I'm not your coach or anything like that or, or a relative. I'm just somebody who you listen to across the airwaves. But the fact of the matter is anybody that challenges you on this, you'll be able to tell them strongly, no, and here is why. And you'll feel better because if you don't have a valid reason, then guess what? A week later, two weeks later, a month later, two months later, you're going to start second guessing yourself. Should I really have said no to them? I don't, maybe I shouldn't have said no. But if you have a valid reason, well, then you don't have to worry about convincing yourself and having that battle with yourself because, well, here is my reason. And that's the thing is it really does that that's connected to trusting your gut. And again, this was one of those things when somebody reached out to me and I love, I thank you so much to those of you who have been reaching out to me after this and sharing your thoughts and sharing your comments and questions and the things that you didn't agree with me on. Um, because what happened is certain individuals reached out to me to share their thoughts and I was able to kind of push back and, and get questions, ask questions and get clarity on certain things. So for example, um, you know, the, the attraction thing. That's a big one, right? And this is one I will always push back. And I want to specify this, right? Because this actually happened to me. I remember very clearly um, with one of the individuals that I was looking to date, their picture was not very attractive. But I was insistent on dating them anyway, because on paper, there were many other reasons that lined up for what I was looking for. Now, I had family members that were pushing back, and they were saying, you shouldn't go out with them. They're not attractive. I said, well, I don't care if they're not attractive. I haven't met them yet. How am I supposed to know? Oh, well, they're overweight. Okay, well, that's a different story. Why are they overweight? Is it because they have a medical condition that prevents them from um, you know, losing weight? There are some people I know that actually have these medical conditions. I'm not sure quite what they're called, but it, it's a thing. Okay, And then there are people who just can't control themselves. They have no self-discipline. And therefore, they eat, they eat, they eat, or they eat their feelings away or whatever it is. I am not going to say no to somebody because they have a medical condition unless it really bothers me to that extent. Like if I'm going to say no to somebody because of a medical condition, I have to be okay with it. If I'm going to say yes to somebody regardless of their medical condition, I have to be okay with that and I have to stick to it. I can't a year down the line, two years down the line say, oh, you know what? I can't stand the fact that you're overweight because it's a medical condition. Well, tough noogies magoo, you signed up for this. So here's the thing. With that individual, I decided to go out with them regardless of their weight. And I was going to find out if this was simply because they had an issue with discipline and, and controlling their eating habits, and therefore they were not healthy, or if this was a medical condition. Now, one of the pieces of feedback I got was this idea of physical attraction. And this person I'm speaking to says, yeah, I wasn't attracted to her because she was overweight. Okay, you weren't attracted to her. Why weren't you attracted? Oh, because she was overweight. Okay, why was she overweight? Well, she had bad eating habits. So you're not attracted, you're not not attracted to her looks. That's not the main point. The main point is that you were not attracted to her lack of healthy lifestyle. And it was, with this person specifically, that was the issue. They didn't, it wasn't about the lack of attraction. It was about the lack of health consciousness that this individual had. And for this, this guy that was dating, he wanted to marry somebody who was going to be health conscious. So then it doesn't make sense because their lifestyle doesn't meet up with your lifestyle. And that is the thing. If you're listening to this and you're in the dating world, anytime 
you have a doubt about somebody, you have a question about somebody, you're wanting to say no, whatever it may be, push deeper into that. Try to understand the underlying reason behind it. This goes back to that whole thing. You know, I say that all the time. You know, you have the symptom and you have the illness. You can address the symptom, right? Your, your finger is bleeding, so you can put a bandaid on it. But what if there's a deeper illness there that needs to be addressed? You know, okay, God forbid a person's leg is gushing blood. Sure, you can bandage it up, but unless you do something seriously to take care of it, nothing's going to change. So look at your lack of attraction or whatever your reason for saying no is. Look at that as the symptom. What is the illness behind that? I'm not saying that every single case is going to be some sort of medical medical issue. No, that's not what's happening here. But the idea of diving deeper, pushing further into the understanding of why are you saying no? Why does that person bug you? Why does the way she talks bother you? Why does the way he opens the door for you bother you? Understand the deeper meaning behind all this and the deeper reasoning. And at the end of the day, you have to trust your gut. So if you're going out with somebody, even after one date, and you're not feeling it, and again, we already spoke about what does not feeling it mean, but you're deciding you're going to say no, and you have a valid reason, what does it mean to trust your gut? How do you trust your gut? Because that was one of those things that this the, one of the individuals got back to me with. They said, if I could tell the singles going through the dating process anything, I would want them to know that they should trust their gut. And I said, okay, what does that mean? How do you know when you're trusting your gut? And how do you know when you're just blowing them off? Um, and this person said, well, it's a physical feeling. For example, if you're sitting there on the date and you realize that this entire time you're, you're clenching your hands, you're, you're clenching your toes, you're clenching your jaw, that's a physical feeling. That is your gut telling you this isn't working out. If you go on the date and, and after the date, you're like, oh my God, I feel so relieved that that's done. And I don't want to go out again. You're dreading going out again. That's a pretty strong gut feeling telling you that there's something wrong. The fact that they wiped their nose the wrong way with a tissue is not a valid reason. The fact that they are a Democrat and you're a Republican is not a valid reason. You can work past that. As a matter of fact, um, I know a handful of couples that are actually like that. They come from two different political parties. But guess what? They're magically, you know, happily married. Why? Because they're focusing on something bigger and better than just themselves. They're focusing on something that's more important and lasting than their political affiliation. So again, trust your gut have a valid reason for whatever decisions you make so that you are comfortable and happy with that. It doesn't matter what your mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, Shadokhan think. If you're making a decision, make sure you know why that is your decision and it's strong enough that you can live with yourself and love yourself regardless of that decision. If you're making a career shift, it's the same thing. You're making that career shift. Why are you making that career shift? Do you think that the grass is greener on the other side and therefore it's going to be better? Are you making the career shift because you really feel like you can add more to the new industry or that you've capped out at your current industry, your current job, whatever it may be? Know the deeper meaning and deeper reasoning behind it. I want to clarify something else that kind of came up. And um, I guess I guess it needs some clarity. I don't say things I say to piss people off. <laughs> My goal with these episodes is not to make people mad solely for the sake of making people mad. I, I, my goal is to make you think. And if you get mad at me in the process or mad at life in the process, then great. You know, that, that's fine. You can build off of that. But I want to clarify something. I made a comment previously about how if you're single, it is your fault. I'm going to clarify that if, it's your, if you're single, it is your fault if you're not doing anything 
to make sure you're no longer single. If you're single and you're not changing the way you think, the way you act, the way you behave, if you're not doing something to change your life or your lifestyle, then yes. If you're randomly turning people down for no good reason, if you're not putting in an effort to meet people, to meet singles, and again, in the workplace as well, if you are unhappy with where you are in life and you are not willing to put in the work, then this is your own darn fault. However, if you are single and you are going out to singles events and you are having calls with Shad Khanim and you are going past your comfort zone to meet individuals who don't necessarily meet 100% on paper with what you're looking for, then just keep doing what you're doing. Stop blaming yourself for not being married yet. And here's a big thing for all the parents listening, all the siblings who are trying, who are trying to encourage their sibling to get married and to date, all the shadchanim, for crying out loud, the matchmakers, stop blaming singles for their situation. If your son or daughter or the single guy or girl that you are working with is putting an effort to make things better, to become a better person, to go out there and meet people, stop blaming them. Saying things like, oh, well, if you if you don't go to this event, you're not going to get married, or it's no wonder why you're not married. You, you stop going to events. That's not helping. That's just making things worse. As much as I, you know, rag on singles, I have their back too. And I will stand there with them because, again, I've been through it, and I've been through it within the well, not the last eight years, but just over eight years ago. I know what it's like. And again, if you are single, there's something you have to understand. Even if everybody else forgets this, understand something. You're doing this in a partnership with God. God has already chosen who you are going to marry. It's just a matter of you going through the numbers and meeting that person. You know, when I was dating, um, I, whenever I, I prayed to God and asked, asking for his help and, and helping me find my soulmate, there's three things that most people ask for. Actually, there's two things most people ask for. Um, at the right person um, and the right time. No, let it, let it, let, let me meet the next, let me meet the right person and then let me meet them tomorrow. Let me meet them this next person. Let this next person be the right person. I never asked God for those things. I said, listen, God, I'm not asking you for the right person because I know it'll be the right person. I'm not asking you for the right time because I know it'll be exactly when you want it to happen. The only thing I ask for, God, is that you make it clear and obvious to me that this is the right person. And that's exactly what happened. I met the right person, my wife, my wonderful wife, and it was the right exact time when it needed to happen. And from the very first date, okay, let's say second date, I was 95% sure that she was going to be the one I was going to marry. By the third date, I was certain. By the fourth date, we were already talking about the potential engagement coming up in my next trip to New York. Thank God he gave me that clarity. If you are single, remember you're not doing this alone. Even if your parents are being pains in the rear end and the shadok and the matchmaker is even, even bigger pain as they oftentimes are. By the way, if you know a shadok is particularly bad, send them this episode. I'm sure they would love to hear it. And you can let them know then by default that they're a horrible shadok. And you know, while I'm no longer working with singles in the, in the world of shadok and coaching, although I might have to change it if you guys really like this, um, but while I'm no longer working with singles, I will gladly sit down with a shotgun, with a matchmaker, with a matchmaker and, and, and take them to task for this and teach them how to be better matchmakers and better supports. Anyway, little tangent there. 
The point is, as a single, you have to remember that you're doing this with God. If nobody else is on your side, at the very least, you've got God. And there is nobody else, no bigger, better matchmaker that you would rather have on your side than him. And since I've been talking to Shadchanim now, if you are a Shadchan, if you are a matchmaker, or you are a parent who is filling that role, you have to understand something. The most important thing that you can do is validate singles. Validate the single that you are dealing with. Validate their feelings. Validate their thoughts. Stop challenging them so much on stupid, petty things because you want to collect a quick dime. Because here's here's a secret. You challenge them. You push them beyond their comfort zone as to what's right and what's wrong. You're going to lose them as a potential client. And that's lost money. Not to mention, you might push them so far that they never want to deal with you or any other shotgun again. So consider what's at risk there. The last thing I want to clear up um, before going into the final points is this idea of friends. Now, I said last time or two times ago that, you know, I, I there have been many people that have come to me. I've given them advice, given them coaching, given them guidance, set them up with somebody. They came back to me and said, oh, my friend said it's a bad idea. If your friend knows the individual that was suggested to you and they're saying from a place of knowing you and having real knowledge on the individual that it's a bad idea, fine, 100% listen to them, don't listen to me or the shotgun or your, your dating coach or whoever it may be. If it's just a random friend who doesn't know the other person, has no more information other than the resume that you sent them, you shouldn't be listening to them. Again, if there's somebody who knows you and knows the individual, that is the exception. In that case, listen to them. So that's it kind of for the advice from the trenches. That was really some clarifications and advice from the trenches. Um, I do want to kind of in the last nine minutes here, tackle some of the things that got me through the dating system. You know, last time we talked about pre-dating, this time we're talking about actually dating. You're in the trenches, you're going through the process. And I want to give you three things that really I, helped me to get through it. Um, because again, it's stressful, it's emotional, it's mentally and physically draining. The first thing I did is, here's the thing, and I've kind of touched upon this before. One of the reasons why it's so hard, aside from having people push you and pressure you and prod you, one of the reasons why it's so hard to go through this is because you feel like you've wasted time. If you're like me, I was living in California, I was flying to New York every single time, so between last minute flights, car rentals and physical dates, and sometimes parking tickets, it cost me close to $1,000 each person that I dated in New York. So I flew to New York four times. Um, they're talking about a total of $4,000. Plus, there was a person I flew to California. Plus, there was a person I dated in California. So I sp spent probably upwards of $5,000 on my whole dating experience in the span of a year and a half. I probably spent more than that. So it's very easy to go through that. And especially if you only go on one date or two dates at most, which most of mine were, it's very easy to take that and say, wow. I wasted that much time. I wasted that much money. How much more so if you've dated somebody eight, nine, 10 times over the span of a couple months or over the span of a month, two months, whatever it may be, and then it ends, how much more so you're going to feel like oh, I wasted that. So here's the thing. Don't waste it. Find something to take away. What does that mean? You either learn something about yourself. I grew so much from the people that I dated because I gained deeper clarity as to what I wanted in life how I wanted to live. I realized I didn't want to be an emissary. I didn't want to be, you know, a rabbi in a community. I learned more about that. I learned more about myself in the sense that I may not be the most intellectually intelligent person, but I can hold conversation. And you know what? Maybe I didn't want to be somebody who discusses their work after work while at home. That's not something I want. I want my work life to be separate from my home life. 
So I learn things about myself. So take something away, either about yourself or about what you're looking for. With each of the people that I dated, I realized something deeper. The first person I realized that I wanted somebody positive. I wanted somebody optimistic. But it also had somebody had to be somebody in touch with reality. I realized I was a little too optimistic and I needed to kind of dampen that a little bit and still be positive. And I need to find somebody who was positive like myself. No. What are you looking for in the other person? Do you want a stay-at-home mom? You might think you want somebody to be a stay-at-home mom. Or you might think that you want somebody who is going to be a working mom, a working spouse. You might want a husband who is a big real estate mogul. And then you realize, no, you want somebody who's going to show up at five o'clock and be able to be there with your family. So by looking for these things to take away, you come out of the situation that much happier, that much more relaxed and relieved and non-stressed. And you also take away about the process of dating. One of the things that I really learned was that you really can and should enjoy it. After that very first date with the very first person, how tight it was. It was just like, oh my God, it was square. Such an uncomfortable situation. And I was trying to be myself. And I realized that much more I needed to be myself when on these dates. Because I could put on a show. I could pretend to be somebody that I'm not. And end up marrying the person. And I have to put up that facade for so long. Or I could just be myself. And they'll see who I am. So I learned something about the process. I learned the importance of the, the two-date rule, you know, having two dates minimum. So take something away from your dating experience with each individual and with each date. And here's the thing. After you're happily married for eight years, you can go and make your podcast and share that information with people. And you actually don't have to wait that long because there were times when we would have Friday night dinners with my friends, with my wife's friends who were all single my friends who were single, and we'd have conversations about that. And I was able to help them and share this information with them. And they were able to apply it right away. So that's number one. Take something away from every individual you date, every date that you go on. Number two, who's guiding you? I can't tell you how many times people get such bad advice from the people that are supposed to be giving them good advice. So who do you have in the trenches with you? Who do you have guiding you through the process? And don't be stupid and think that you can do it on your own. You can't. It is not possible to do this on your own. You have to have a coach. You have to have a mentor. You have to have a friend who can see things from a different perspective than you, who can help you, who can guide you, who can say, hey, listen, you're being kind of a jerk with this. Fix yourself up or say, hey, don't be a jerk to yourself. This person's not for you. You have to have that person that is guiding there, guiding you. Here's the thing, though. Your family can be involved and you can have a matchmaker. You must have somebody else or two or three people who are outside perspectives, not emotionally involved. Because even if you don't listen to them with each individual thing, at least they're there. At least they're there for you. And you know you have that safety net to fall upon. The other thing is be you. I've said this once, i said it again, I'll say it a fourth, fifth, seventh time. Be you. Okay, listen, if you're a jerk, don't be you. <laughs> if you're a slob, don't be you. If that's who you are, then you need to change. Although I have a feeling you're probably not listening to this podcast because if you're a slob and you're a jerk, you're, not, you're just not interested in self-improvement. So we're obviously not talking to you unless your friend sent this to you, in which case, take the signal. But again, be you. You Act the way you would act. Act the way you want to act with your potential future spouse. 
Granted, relationships with spouses are different than a relationship with friends. That's fine. You can make that separation, that distinction. You should treat your spouse and your potential spouse a lot better than you would treat your friends. But be you. If you want to get down on the floor of the elevator and push the, the spiky things, do it. You want to skip along the boardwalk? Do it. Why? Because the person will see you for who you are. And if that scares them, then they're not for you and you're not for them. You want to open the door for them, open the door for them. Be a, be a gentleman. Open the door for the young lady. If she asks you not to, then open it one more time. And if she still asks you not to, then stop. Okay? That was actually something that happened with my wife. I opened the door for her and she told me not to. I actually climbed over trash bags to open the door for her. And she said, stop. I'm capable of opening the door. I think I did it one more time and then I stopped because she actually didn't want me to open the door. So that's not the way I'm going to show her my love or show her respect or whatever. But the point of the matter is be you. Because they're marrying you and you're marrying them. They're not marrying the show that you're going to put on. And finally, the last thing I want to share is the most important thing of all. Have fun. Because if you're not having fun, then this is not the person for you. And obviously, the first, second date, things are not going to be that fun necessarily. Don't do what I did. on um, What was it? My first date? <laughs> no, my second date. The second, no, my first date. I think it was the first date with the first person. No, the second date with the first person I ever dated. We went bowling. <laughs> a bad idea. You spend an hour looking at each other's rear ends and have no time for conversation, which in the Jewish world is not the way it's done. But you can still have fun. I learned so much about myself and so much about what I was looking for on that date because after that, we went to find a hotel lobby to sit, sit in and I got lost in New York my first time driving and they shut down. They would not say a word to me. And I learned so much about them in that that. 30 minute drive, but just have fun. Be yourself, have fun. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. If you get nothing else out of it, at least you had fun. Welcome to the conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would let me know by hitting that follow button and the notification bell so that the next time I release an episode, you'll be notified and you'll be able to listen to it. Additionally, it would help me immensely if you could leave me a rating and, of course, write a review. I would love to hear back from you, from your feedback, whatever it may be. So please be sure to reach out either through my email, through any of my social media platforms, or by leaving a voice note. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.